lock your doors, turn off the lights, and do any of that other shit you usually do when you watch a horror movie. Because now it's time for Screaming at the Screen with Nick and Sarah Jean. And now, here are your horror hosts, Nick and Sarah Jean. Hello, and welcome to Screaming at the Screen with Nick and Sarah Jean. I am Nick Lathan. I'm Sarah Jean. That's it. (laughs) What? What if you just went as Sarah Jean as, like, everything and it's always has to be written in like a a like calligraphy like scripted font that's in my contract like you cannot write my name no i don't no it can't be in a sans serif it has to be calligraphy Mm -hmm. calligraphy or i walk yeah that's how i yeah if my name for this podcast is not in calligraphy i walk so yeah i'm nick lathan and she's just sarah jean and this is a uh, podcast where it's it's two friends talking about a horror movie Mm -hmm. which is this one, Friday the 13th. Yeah, and guess, and today is Friday the 13th that this episode is releasing. It is. It's not today, but it will be today. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're recording today. this on a nice little Saturday afternoon. Um, as we discussed earlier, Sarah Jean went to, the, went to the gym, and I watched cartoons and ate cereal, so we all know who the healthy one in this friendship is. Hell yeah, I still ate a really big breakfast, I told you that. that what, was... What, what was all in your breakfast? It was a lot of eggs, potatoes, jalapenos, um, salsa, sour cream, cinnamon, some leftover cinnamon roll French toast. It was ordered from a restaurant, so it was like... All of this was, or did you just make, (laughs) did you make this? No, I did not make this. I'm not, I'm no cook. Okay. (laughs) I (laughs) I ordered it. I was picturing... It was... I was like, you did this. You're like, you're, you're regular Annie. (laughs) <laughs> segue into the movie. Oh, a, a regular chef cooking all this stuff. That is one of the characters of the movies in the movie. <laughs> I can't, I can't talk. This podcast this is, is already be off great. the rails. We're two this minutes. This is going to be great. But um, yeah. So we're talking about Friday the Thirteenth from the nineteen eighty. From the nineteen eighty. From the year the nineteen eighty. You can tell I haven't done a podcast in a while. You uh, can tell I haven't talked to people in roughly two years. <laughs> It's weird. This is something that like occurred to me because we're like back in the office full time now, and like I'm just like it's just weird going like I'll walk into the office and like greet somebody and be like, wow, I didn't think that that person would be the first person I talked to today. <laughs> anyway, it's just a weird thought I keep having. Where's like, it gonna go out? from here? Like you, I just you get that you get that realization. It's just like I haven't spoken today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very conscious of the fact that I haven't talked in a lot of time in a long time with everyone I talk to. And I think about it constantly while I'm talking to people and it feels like the twilight zone. All I can think of is like, Sarah, Sarah, you're not talking well right now. What is going on? Anytime I talk to someone, I'm overanalyzing my talking skills because it's been so long since I've used them. It's so fu- it's good we're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. We're helping each other speak, learn how to talk. We're going to the gym for talking, yeah. which is what a podcast is. It well, is. <laughs> hi, welcome to the talking gym. I'm Bert. <laughs> and I'm Steel. Bert and Steel with the talking gym, where we're going to tell you how to exercise those vocal cords. <laughs> but, um, Bert and Steel. I love that Bert is just Bert, and then Steel's like, 
anyway. Um, Steel, Steel's just me. But yeah, going back to The Office, uh, it just feels like... Uh, I just realized that I, uh, people aren't as outgoing as I can be. Mm. Anyway, that's that's the realization. Because, you know, we've done... Imp- we, you know, do improv and all that stuff. And then mm. um, talk to people all the time. And then now it's like... I'm like going back in the office. I'm like, oh, these people aren't as uh, chatty as I am. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm coming to the realization that I'm not as chatty as I was. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So like now I'm that person where, if I'm lucky enough for someone to talk to me who's extroverted, I like. Now I don't know what to say. Where I'm fine. I don't know. I'm finding that again. Like yeah. the art of the art of conversation. Yeah. But um. Well, I work remote. I'm working still from my house, so I I truly don't talk to anyone except for over Zoom. So I don't get out much. Oh, when I do, it's it's just weird. I'm gonna tell you, it's overrated going out. Uh, <laughs> I love staying it, at home. I'm I I like staying in. I can lie. Just, I was made for this pandemic. I was <laughs> I was made for it. So yeah, uh, Friday the Thirteenth uh, came out in 1980. It was written by Victor Miller. Directed by Sean S. Cunningham. I always mm. love it when directors put in, and people in general put their middle initial. You should go as uh, Sarah S. J. Peters. It's Sarah J. Peters. Sarah Jean P. S. Jean Peters. SJP. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's very important, the singular initial. But yeah, uh, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is a franchise I love, which this one is probably, it's, it's not my favorite in the franchise, and we'll get to that later. I have seen no, and I told you this already. This is the only movie in the franchise I have seen that I remember, and I don't really want to watch another, as I told you, because I love this one so much. Let me tell you, the next one has better character development. Because in this one, I was watching this going like, this is pretty boring. But this, It is for most of the movie. It's very boring. I love it that is, we're... That. Immediately talking about a movie we both love, in which we immediately say, yeah, this movie's pretty boring. Yeah, I, I love it, and I was watching it going, this is fucking, yeah, boring. <laughs> like, I'm not interested in this, and then it gets in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I love I've, I love this movie. Uh, Yeah, we'll get into it, but there's, like, certain scenes that are just like, this is going on for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say just one, or should I wait to get into it? Go- there was one that just had me cracking we'll up. We'll go ahead and jump into it if you want to. They, the camera just focused on the cop driving off on his motorcycle for a very, very long time. I don't know. That was something I noticed this time when the cop comes up and he's like, what does he say? He says, um, uh, he's looking for Ralph. He's, he says, um, God, I wrote it down. He says something stupid like hash. You dig. <laughs> you dig. What and is, anyways, what, what does he say that? Um, Oh, yeah, what he says that I love, the cop says, is, we're not going to stand for no weirdness out here. <laughs> the, yeah, I got any hash or pot. He's like, he's looking for crazy Ralph, but he sees these hippie types. He's like, I got to better bust them, see if, they got some, see if they got some devil sticks. That's what he says. He says, you got any Colombian, Colombian gold, hash, weed, you dig? God. Love, love, I uh, love it when writers is just like, how do cops talk? Like, it's like a thing in like 70s, like horror movie. Like, this is filmed in the late 70s, so I'm just gonna keep referring to it as a 70s movie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, um, 
just how writers write. It was just like, how do cops talk? Do, I, cops are trying to be on the same level as a hippie. They're trying to be. They're trying to get the mind of the criminal. They're trying to be cool. And then you take a step back, and it's a writer trying to get to the mind of a person who's trying to get into the mind yeah, of a, another person. It's mm, very funny. Mm, mm, very funny mm. to think. Uh, step back and think about that. So yeah, this movie <laughs> opens up with uh, Camp Crystal Lake in 1958, and we have a bunch of counselor counselors. Cancelers. Cancelers. Oh <laughs> bunch my god. Of cancelers running around. Uh, this, I mean, this is some real counselor culture that we're watching, in which they're sitting around a campfire singing. Council, <laughs> council culture. It is. It is. It is classic counselors. Uh, um, these damn sing- liberals and their council culture <laughs> sitting around these campfires singing these songs. Singing. Singing songs about, they were singing a song about like an angel going to heaven or something, which I didn't notice before ever watching. And it was very creepy and, and weird. <gasps> I forgot. Uh, I, I just turned on the recording for Zoom. So I, just, oh, I forgot to do I was the like, backup. All of this was a test. But um, yeah, <laughs> they're just sitting around the, uh, singing a song. And then it, 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 the thing that I noted the most is that they all have late 70s hairstyles, even though it's 1958. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I just I did not even think about that. And I made a note about it. I was like, OK, we're starting in 58. We're going to present day time. Like I was trying to keep track of it for myself. They're literally dressed the exact same as throughout the rest of the movie. Nothing yeah. has changed. Nothing has changed. And oh, my God. <laughs> They should have that, gone like extreme fifties and had like uh, the, like hilarious. them wearing like uh, the, all the all the uh, women were wearing like poodle skirts and then mm-hmm. have all the guys were in leather jackets, little gloves. Yeah, yeah. Should, should have gone full fifties, but no, they just like you know what seventies hairstyles all the ways for this. This is seventies. Listen, all all of these counselors were before their time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, <laughs> they would grow up to invent seventies fashion. Well, two of them didn't. Oh, unfortunately. Let's get into it. They um the the that little part cracks me up with the them like sneaking off to go do it in an attic on a blanket. Yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm just gonna put this blanket down. That'll <laughs> that way we're not touching the dust on the floor. It's like that's all the blanket <laughs> would do anyway. <laughs> I forget, but yeah, the the first deaths in these movies is pr- is pretty good because like you got one dude getting killed, and then um, I'm trying to picture, but then like this the the the, the female counselor she gets it's like a freeze frame as you don't getting, see it, you don't yeah. see it. Old dude dies. Um, that's what happens when you get frisky in this movie. You die. You cannot get frisky or there will be death. And that's what happened to him. And then you don't know what happens to her, but we assume she dies. And there's a just hilarious, hilarious freeze frame on her face to, yeah. start, to start the movie. <clears throat> well, I want to get into that. The- <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get into that because this movie, uh, like, if you have the, the, this movie solidified the, the rules of a slasher movie. It's like you have a, yeah. you have, he, I just said, if you have a sex, you die. If you uh, have a sex, you dead. One sex, you dead. If you have one, <laughs> but, multiple uh, sex, like super dead. But this thing super. was, um, what you call it? It was like made as a pretty much a ripoff of Halloween, which, according to IMDb trivia, 
this was they they if they were to pitch this to a studio now, they'd be like, it's basically John Carpenter's Halloween meets Meatballs. Be- what? Because Meatballs, directed by Ivan Reitman, rest in peace, starring Bill Murray, <laughs> came out the year before, came out in '79. So, like, according to IMDb trivia, they were like, oh, yeah, let's uh, mix uh, Meatballs and Halloween, which Halloween I can see. The but not, not my <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, even though it's still to me, it's like so it's still. I guess it's not. I was going to say, like, it's so different, but it's really not. It's just the. Well, yeah, well, the different. thing with Halloween is that uh, which you can you can listen to us talk all about it, uh, especially me and Sarah Jean talk about it in the Halloween two episode of Welcome to Haddonfield. That's right. You can we did that. search for that in the old podcast feed. It's uh and then second season two, quarter or quarter mile at a time, I think. And then season three is ready to believe you Ghostbusters <laughs> podcast. Anyway, welcome to Haddonfield. We'll talk all about it. But in Halloween, the reason why all the people who had sex died is because they weren't paying attention. Yeah. And that's that and that's why Lori uh lived is because she was like had her wits about her because she was taking care of the kids. <laughs> anyway. Like a logical adult. Whatever you do, don't but, get distracted by sex, kids. Don't 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 get distracted by sex. Don't don't take a weed. Leads nowhere but death. And you're all gonna die. So all all of these movies are just a PSA. They're for the the church produced these movies. What? As a teen abstinence program. I'm just picturing a, a church produced slasher. It's like we can't have any blood. And that's the first thing of all. But anytime somebody even thinks about doing stuff, they get killed. But they get killed by the mighty of God. Now we will let you show the death scenes, but only if they have sex first before to teach the children a lesson. But when they get that, when they get top of the sex, no moving. I don't want no no growing rotations. I don't want nothing like that. Leave enough room for Jesus. <laughs> yes, enough room for the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna have. We have a we we just invented it. It's a contraption. That's right, contraption that straps on a contraption, <laughs> in which we suspend the person above them, but we leave enough room for the Holy Spirit. So there's actually no. It's actually not technically a sex scene. It's more like of a levitation. We're going to use the same effect when Jesus comes in at the end and saves everybody. But they'll, but they'll get the idea. They'll, they'll get the they'll, idea. They'll get the idea. Anyway, Hell that's no. so yeah. We uh, we're starting up a production company in which we produced uh, Christian themed <laughs> films, and uh, the first one is to a promote, straight up Friday the Thirteenth remake to promote teen abstinence. Teen it's abstinence and no drug taken. Nothing, nothing's worked so far to beat teen pregnancies. This is gonna ha- this is gonna fix everything. <laughs> we're gonna do it. But yeah, the uh, the opening credits of this movie are pretty iconic because you got Friday the Thirteenth um, flying towards you and then breaking your television through the gl- through the glass. I uh, yeah broke my TV. It was broke unfortunate. Glass. Uh, I felt watching it again. It, I like found it kind of hokey, but putting myself back in a 1980 mindset, I was like, that's pretty cool. Let me tell you this: it gets more extreme each movie because in the second one. It explodes. Well, I, I guess I gotta watch the sequels now. It explodes, and then part two flies up, and then in part three, um, it's it just a slow shot of Pamela Voorhees' head. And then, oh, I like that because it's three D. Friday the Thirteenth comes out in three D, and then it says three, and then it goes D. 
And then the fourth one, I can't think of the fourth one. I have, like, on my Instagram stories, like, recorded every single Friday the 13th, like, opening credits as I watched them all back oh in 2019. Gosh. But the, the, the my favorite one is infamous, is Friday the 13th Part 6, in which he does a James Bond uh, gun barrel sequence. In which <laughs> J- it, it zooms into Jason's eye, and then Jason walks out, like James Bond does, yes. and then, like, he, uh, instead of shooting the gun... He takes his machete and slashes, and then blood drips. Anyway, it's amazing. Oh, that was me trying to do a James Bond theme song, and I failed miserably. It sounded more like the more you know. We're going to have a gun barrel sequence in which a star flies over James Bond's head. Uh, yeah, so the, yeah. We, after the opening credits, which were awesome, we got, uh, starts, starts off on Friday, June 13th, present Your, day. Which is today. Well, not today. It will be yeah. when this comes out. This, uh, which is yeah, also your birthday. Yeah, I was born on June 13th, 1988. <laughs> which this movie, it's weird because this movie came out um, in May of 1980. But it premiered on June 13th, 1980 in England, mm. which that is the same day that The Shining came out, believe it or not. June 13th, 1980, oh. 1980, excuse me. Let me see if I, I, did, let wow. me see if I did that right. Let me see if that's correct. I wonder how those two stood up against each other. Um, I don't know how well The Shining did box office wise. I've never actually looked that up before. Compared to this, I want. I mean, this is a very yeah, typical my, summer slasher June, movie. But June thirteenth, nineteen eighty. I think the critics hated this movie when it first came out, or The Shining, talking about. And then um, over after they, over time, it became. I feel like it's one of those movies. Excuse me. We're like the critics hate it, and then and later on, it's like, oh yeah, no, that movie was great. We, 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 we were just kidding. We, we, we were lying. Yeah, we, were, we, we we were high on marijuana. We were we didn't watch any Christian television with a contraption. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know what that was. We're too busy smoking pot and having sex with camp counselors. <clears throat> oh man, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> back to the movie. Uh, I love that. Like <laughs> we we, we, we meet Annie walking into uh, this uh, Georgetown. I think that's what I think it's Georgetown, New Jersey, or some shit like that. Yeah. But the like the pretty much the first. <laughs> The first like main line of this movie, she walks over to a dog and says, "Hi, girl. Excuse me. Hello, boy." Uh, not, wait, I wrote that line down. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, boy. Uh, I, I, I wrote down a note. I said the gender of this dog is very important <laughs> to, to this character. Which that's like you know. So funny. That's some, that's some fun writing because like uh, there's not really movies I think at the time that had dialogue like that. Well, uh, dialogue where, I don't know, her speaking to the dog, it just cracked me up. It, it, it Excuse me, do you know where where Crystal Lake is? Camp Crystal Lake is? Camp no. Blood? They're opening that place again? I love all the townies in there. Um, we got Enos, and then we meet my favorite character of the entire franchise. Is it Ralph? Crazy Ralph. I, I That's another note I wrote down while watching. I said, I thought I loved... Mrs. Voorhees, Ralph is my new fave because he's a stand-up guy. Sure, he drinks too much, apparently, but... <laughs> it's got the death curse. He's Can't a real prophet of doom, ain't he? I love, uh, yeah, because he, he's, he's the literal prophet of doom, which is like a, a trope that 
keeps this movie sets up a lot of slasher uh, yeah. tropes. The I mean, yeah, kids at camp doing it. Uh, <laughs> the 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 prophet of doom. Yeah. Um, it's got a death kiss. I just love. Uh, is it Walter Gormy plays Ralph, but he he pops up in. He's in, of course, the second one. They bring Ralph back for the second one, of course. Oh, thank God. And Do then, they bring his blue bicycle back? He, I, I think he's doing everything on foot, his, which I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> um, there is a there is a documentary on, uh, it's on Vimeo, but it's called Florida Man, in which they, they go around interviewing men who live in Florida. Yeah. And there's a bunch Must of- Must watch. A bunch of them are uh, clearly alcoholics, and they all ride bicycles, which leads mm. to believe they all got DUIs. Yeah. And lost their ability to drive, so then they had to bike everywhere. I feel like this is what happened to Ralph. You, you, okay, I, I made that connection <laughs> immediately after the police started going around town talking about his drinking problem. And one scene, again, the camera stayed on him- biking away and Uh i was like ralph is actually doing pretty good he's he he was he was he was riding pretty straight and i was like just a little bit i was like good on you ralph you're still he wasn't too drunk to come warn them you know and he he drove away he's keeping everybody safe do you think there was a scene like off camera that they like they it was like it was the very first draft of the script they're like we can't have this it's gonna slow down the film but it's just ralph like Get it together, Ralph. You got to save these kids. And he's like trying. He's like drinking coffee. He's like you got to not. Say, he's like practicing what he's saying to the himself. mirror. He's like trying not to sound crazy. Then he then he says he's like and there's just a whole one job to a do. A whole we need a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead type film in which it's just Ralph sucking himself and up, himself. finding uh finding places. He's like. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to hide in the pantry because if I go to the front door, they're going to just shoo me away. But if I hide in the pantry, then maybe they'll... Maybe they'll finally pay attention to me. <laughs> they'll finally take me for take me for my word. Okay, and Enos, I got pissed off at Enos, like became not a favorite character for mine, of mine because the he dropped... He, yeah, the truck driver... He drives Annie straight to the camp, even though he's like, he hits on Annie, first of all, creepily. And then he's like, you shouldn't go there, but I'm going to drive you there anyways. And then he's like, and Ralph is crazy for telling you not to go there, but you should listen to me. All yeah. over the place, Enos. All over what the place. He, I, what he said was, he's talking about, he's like, these, he's like every couple years, somebody tries to, uh, tries to open up that camp again. Nobody listens. But everybody got a bunch of head full of rocks. Head full of rocks. And, oh, what is, Annie says, well, typical American classic or something like that. She, what, is, what is the exact line? I got to look it up because I was like, this, this is a 1980 version of OK Boomer yeah. is what I thought. You, you're an American original, <laughs> Enos. Classic head, Enos. Head full of rocks. You're which, an American original. That um, that part cracks me up because it's clearly um, they're clearly not in the in the truck together. Oh, I did not even notice that. Because like uh, because you never get like a two shot of them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's, it's clearly it's or- clear that they probably they 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 shot those in two different like <laughs> you know. They said, keep Enos away from him. Yeah, I was like, we need to keep this guy away because he's, yes. he's, he's got a real head full of rocks. He's a, a roll of a rock head. Uh, yeah, Kent Crystal Lake is jinxed. 
Yeah, dumb kids, know-it-alls, just like my niece. Heads, heads full of heads rocks. Heads full of rocks. You're an American original. I'm an American religionable. Religionable. It's got it's got, it back to religion. That's the name of our, produ- our our Relig- our religion production company. Religionable. Religionable. That's the like um the podcast <laughs> form instead of audible. But yeah, <laughs> you're listening to Religionable. Hi, welcome to Religionable. We're gonna have our own version of. Uh, we're just gonna do a whole podcast network. But God, yeah, he I drops. I can't wait to start a Christian podcast. But he Thank drops God. her off at the at the cemetery. I want to say, and then she's got to hoof it from there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why does that happen? I, don't know. <laughs> I guess. Why he does? Him, he's like, yeah, I'm heading that way. AKA, I'm traveling to eight miles away from there. And, and Enos, then, <laughs> you're all over the place. Enos, go home. An American dirigible. Um, and then we <laughs> cut to them driving down the road to the song "Banjo Traveling." That's the name of the song on the soundtrack. And we're used to uh, Kevin Bacon as, Kevin as ba- Jack. Young Kevin Bacon. And then we got, um, is Marcy. it Marcy? And then Ned? Ned, not Ted. Ned. I thought it was Ted. It's Ned or Neddy, as we like to call him. Well, Ted's in this next one. There's a character named Ted, I want to say, in Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah, he is Ned, the the crazy crack up. Yeah. Who is, who's sad because he doesn't have a girlfriend. Um, he Old Neddy. He does an impression of like a, uh, I think it's Ned, does an impression of like James Cagney or some shit like that. And then later on in the movie, Marcy does an impression of Catherine Hepburn. In the mirror, yeah. You know, and you know, I was just thinking, I was just Lizzie. like, it's kind of weird that they're doing like impressions of old actors. And then I realized, I was like, wait a minute, I do that shit all the time. I do impressions of old actors. So I was like, okay. It was, anyway, very I- common. <laughs> I guess I do not, and I was, and it was cracking me up. I was just like watching you. I guess I do talk in the mirror to myself in different voices. Yeah, so but fair. You, okay, you do, yeah, yeah. You do impressions <laughs> of like, you know, we'll do impressions of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all that shit, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, correct. That's the I equivalent guess. to that, like doing an impression right. of like Ivan Drago or some shit or Sylvester Stallone, you know, like, yeah. Anyway, I was like trying to make fun of it, and then I was like, no, we that's actually like, we. We do. It's like it's us just not, doing impressions of old people as well. It's just not Catherine Hepburn. But it kind of is, though, because I still do old movie character voices. Yeah. So, it's but it's just generalized now. It's no longer anyone specific. It's just an old movie voice. It's like, it's it's, it's somebody based on, it's a, a voice based on somebody, but it's not yeah, that person. Exactly. It's a voice it, based on a voice based on a voice. It's, it's your workaround of the fact that you you do a horrible impression of Catherine Hepburn. Yes, I do. So I had to create my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slipping into it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, I I feel drunk. That's that's just just my it's just an old drunk actress. <laughs> you haven't drank any water today. Mm-hmm. I feel drunk. I'm, I'm I feel drunk, but I'm not a woozy. Oh. I, that's my that's my impression of a fifties actor. She's just always about to fall down. <laughs> I just can't stand. I'm too weak. I I couldn't if I tried. Are we doing a character workshop right now? Would you? We are. We are. <laughs> We're here. I, I feel like I'm gonna, she keeps touching her face and she feels like she's in a faint. I can't see anything. I can't stand. She's just she can't she can't stand up. Uh, she's too tired. But at this point in the film, I swear I'm gonna say a film with a capital F. We meet yeah three of the people and then we get to the camp and then we meet Alice. We meet Steve. Yeah. 
And then, um, who is the other person that's there? And then Brenda shows up at one point. Yeah. But I just love that we're introduced, we're introduced to Steve chopping wood. And then he's, uh, <laughs> he's got the glasses. The only other person I've ever seen wear these glasses in a movie is Rich Dreyfus as Hooper in Jaws. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. It, his, he looks, he has that same, he even has like the curly blonde hair too. Yeah. And he's got those glasses. Also, th- this is like an aside, but the musical score sounded a lot at times to me like like Psycho, Jaws, those two. Like a mix of those two. Psycho and Jaws. That's it. And then its own thing. Just interesting. Good old but, Henry Mefferdini. Yeah. Um, Manfredini. Now, um, is it Manfredini? Manfredini? I Man, keep closing out the IMDb for Man this movie, and I keep dinner. having to open it back up. But yeah, I love the uh, score for this movie. Now, when you I say, like some parts. When you say I'll the, get to that later. When you do the little voice, uh, how do you do it? The, what that little you hear, voice the, that you hear in the soundtrack? The how, what do you? What do you? What do you? Uh, it's uh, which is not reflective of the actual soundtrack, but what I grew up hearing is. Uh, it's kiki ki ma ma ma. Because uh, it's based on, according to Harry Manfredini, it's based on the part where, because Betsy Palmer keeps doing that, killer, killer mommy. Killer mommy. It's, it's kiki ki ma 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 based on kill, 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 ma ma ma. Oh my god, yes. Genius. Yeah. Kiki ki Kiki. I'm going to walk around the house saying that to my cat for the rest of the day. Mama, mama. <laughs> so catchy. Uh, yeah, but yeah, back to Steve. Which back is like, to Steve slash Hooper and his jorts. Yeah, it's got the glasses are weird because it's like brown at the top and like cut off at the bottom. And I'm like, yeah. Anyway, very like weird his shorts. Glasses. Yeah, like oh, his shorts. Jesus Christ, that's an iconic look. Cut off shorts, hiking boots, no uh, shirt, no shirt, red bandana, red bandana. It's a the, Luke. It's a Luke for our elder camp counselor slash owner and then slash like, 60-year-olds chilling with our 16-year-old camp counselors. Yeah, it's very weird because clearly, like, yeah, he's like has a relationship with Alice because she's, like, showing, like, look, he's looking through her sketch, little sketchbook. He touches her face. And then, and uh, He lingers. I just laugh because he's like, when'd you draw this? She's like, last night. And we're like, ooh, they were together. But is, like, that, is that how I look last night? She gives him lip. She's like, well, I, you were there. I don't know. She's like. <laughs> but I just like, love that his picture looks like a, like a, a, ske- a police sketch artist drew it. Like she's gonna, she's like, I was drawing you so we can put it up all over town. Be like, this guy's a creep. Look out for him. Yeah. Look out for Steve. Yeah, I love that, uh, yeah, the the kids show up and Steve's like, help me with this. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm Steve. (laughs) By the way, I'm Steve. It struck me as odd, too, that it looked like he just needed help pushing over a stump. Yeah. And all three people needed to come over to help push over the stump. It was very necessary. It also made me laugh that Alice is, like, coming out with a bucket and a a dirty-ass broom. Like, what was she? I guess she was sweeping it. You gonna sweep the leaves? Yeah, got dirty as shit else. Well, what probably happened was the broom got dirty. She had to bring it out. Anyway. To, to clean the broom. Uh, yeah, then Steve leaves. He has to go get stuff. And then here's and then Brenda, we're introduced to Brenda. She's putting shit up at the archery range. And then Ned does his little archery bit. 
and which mm. and which, almost almost shoots her. Yeah, which by the Not way, funny. Ned's pretty problematic because uh, he, in this sequence, he's wearing a feather in his hair. Yeah, and then later on, when the cop shows up, he's running around with a headdress. Being mm-hmm. very problematic. Mm-hmm. Steve and, is did not uh, w- was not cool and aged horribly. <laughs> now we're t- yeah. Well, Steve, we're talking. This is Ned. We're talking about. See. Oh my God. Already pers- with the names. Ned. Oh well, there are a lot of problem pro- problem people in this movie. Steve. All of the men are problematic <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. For I the love most part. Except oh, for I, maybe Kevin Bacon. It's yeah. okay. What I love about um, when Steve leaves, he's like, all right, we got a lot of stuff to do today, so make sure you get it done. And then he leaves. And then um, He's like, and y'all can do it for me. And then, like, because he, he's going to town to do shit. And then, like, um, and then we cut to Annie, and she's, like, gets picked up by a hitchhiker who's in, like, a similar Jeep as Steve. Mm, so we're, like, kind of led to believe that Steve picks her up think is a hitchhiker and then um she starts talking or whatever and she's like talked about uh her life kids. calling to help kids and she's like it's she's like it's my dream and i'm like her dream is to be a, a chef at a camp <laughs> way to way to aim low yeah, <laughs> yeah like you know who else was i believe oh a God, chef at so a camp judgment. was ernest p worrell and ernest goes to camp we're just making connections all over the place baby yeah. Which there's a trailer you can look it up where somebody edited Ernest Goes to Camp to make it look like a Friday the 13th movie. It's very funny. I recommend watching it on YouTube. I'll have to give that a um, Yeah, and then Annie, uh, they drive past the Crap Crystal Lake sign, and then Annie's like, Isn't it back there? And then like Annie quickly realizes, and then she jumps out. In the car with a killer. And then um, she gets her throat slit. Mm-hmm. Which is very cool. Which version mm-hmm. did you... I don't know which version's on Hulu. I have them on Blu-ray. I have the theatrical cut and the uncut version. I just clicked the one that was on Hulu. Yeah. I don't know if I saw... Yeah, I don't know which one's on Hulu. Let's see. But I watched the the uncut version, which I think is the same length as the... If it has uh, to do with her throat getting slit, I it did have the throat, the throat okay. slit. The first... Well, no, that's the second kill, right? Uh, technically, like the well, she's the. Well, it's gonna start playing the fucking movie. I'm just trying to click on the thing, trying to see which. Just play the movie, is. and that'll be the podcast. It's yeah, just I, think audio. <laughs> I think this is the uncut version that's on uh, Hulu. But like, um, she's the third person to get killed, but the second on screen. Because oh yeah yeah, but to the two counselors yeah and um, yeah, but she gets her throat slit. Yep. And then we yep. cut to the then we cut to the counselors Classic not slash. doing not doing a damn thing, and they start swimming. Freaking freaking irresponsible! But you know what? They got a head full of rocks. <laughs> they gonna sink to the bottom of that lake with their head full of rocks. That sounds like a song. Gonna sink to the bottom of the lake <laughs> with a head full of rocks. I'm a composer in addition to a podcaster, so you're all. Handful of rocks. It's like a a song that would like you would find in like a. Like the only recording you would find of it is like a. It's like a really scratchy like seven inch record they used to play on like local (laughs) radio back in like the fifties. Handful of rocks. It's like this is by. uh, (laughs) This is a song by uh, by Dusty Blueprint. Dusty Blueprint. Dusty Blueprint. That's a great name, uh, dude. I'm, I almost Blueprint. said because oh. I was. Tr- uh, this is there's a little peek inside my a little improv I just did. I uh, was struggling 
to come with a last name, and I kept saying Bottom. But Dusty Bottom is Chevy Chase's <laughs> character in Three Amigos. So I was well, like, I'm not going to say that. Can't reuse that. Dusty Sorry, everybody, but... for ruining it. A little peek behind the improv, ruining it. You got to um, explain the joke. You must explain the joke and how yeah. you got there and the process of the joke. Have to. But right Everyone now, I got to ask you a question, Sarah Jean. Yeah. If you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Rocky Road! <laughs> Push you into a fucking lake. <laughs> I loved how much they loved that joke for themselves. Yeah. And how not funny I found it when I was watching it. But uh, what what flavor ice cream would you be? Me? Yeah. Um... I don't know. What would I be? I like, you know, hmm. I feel like I'd be, uh, funny enough, the s'mores flavor. Yeah. Uh, from Ben and Jerry. I like that one a lot. That's just the one I like. I don't know which one. Yeah, I, would be. Yeah, I was like, because my, my temptation is to be like, oh, like, uh, uh, what's my favorite ice cream? I don't eat ice cream that often, but like chocolate Haagen Dazs or something is probably near one of my favorites. But that's just, or I like like chocolate covered ice cream bars. But that doesn't describe me. That's just the ice cream I like. Yeah. What ice cream describes me is probably vanilla because I'm just boring. <laughs> but <laughs> that's funny because that's my grandmother's favorite flavor of everything. She always goes I- with vanilla. I do fucking love vanilla, though, because I'm not, like, a sweet person, both, you know, like, oh, I'm, not, oh, I'm know. not a sweet I... person, um, and um, so I don't like sweets that often, or I don't like anything too sweet. Yeah. Well, and we vanilla. all Yeah, we all know you're not a sweet person, because anytime somebody got yeah. killed in this movie, you went good. Yeah. Oh, for real. They, they shouldn't <laughs> have been having sex. They should have been not paying attention. It's not. <laughs> that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you get for not being Christian and having sex. I'd like everyone to know that I'm an atheist, <laughs> not a Christian. This is on record. Or, or agnostic. I'd like the world to know that I'm I'm deciding between agnostic and atheist recently because I would I don't wanna I don't know anything. So I feel like I'm agnostic. I don't wanna because I don't know for sure there's not a God. Let's get deep with this. Yeah. Let's get deep with it. Well I think there, there's a calcanane uh in his stand up he talks about he's like I'm an he's like I'm agnostic because I believe in like werewolves and shit like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely believe in go- I believe in the possibility of ghosts. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like I can't go you know, full, it's like I can't go full atheist because I think I feel like ghosts are a thing. I'm I'm not gonna I wanna make it apparent to people that I'm I'm very firm in the fact that I know absolutely nothing at all. So <laughs> don't make, don't make me defend my beliefs. I need you to know I don't, I don't have any firm beliefs about anything as to how we got here at all. We're, uh, we'll put that on your, uh, on your little quotes page. Uh, when people type in Sarah Jean Peters quotes, yep. uh, the top one that pops up is, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. That's my yeah. expertise. Yeah. So I don't, it's not knowing shit. <laughs> I just love that because yesterday I was looking up Jimmy. Uh, I, I was trying to find a Jimmy Buffett quote, and I just typed in Jimmy Buffett quote, and then Google was like Jimmy Buffett quotes about life. Like, I want to know how many people have have looked up Jimmy Buffett quotes about life. Just that because it was like as if it just auto completed it for me. Yeah, yeah. JB sure loves talking about life. 
I'm sure there are a lot of, um, all I could think of is how many people are like, who, who's Googling Jimmy Buffett quotes and is it for the purposes of then getting that quote tattooed on their body? Um, <laughs> it's just, it's either, I just wonder. It's either wonder. that or it's like a picture of them. Like, uh, it's mainly, mainly for, uh, middle-aged uh people to uh take a like a picture of like the beach mm-hmm. or like they have and a then put that quote yeah they put like a jimmy have to put like the jimmy buffett quote uh, oh is it do you think it's for their facebook or instagram like their social media like i feel so like they're... it's for social media and oh, if okay. we're talking about middle-aged people it's for their it's like, facebook what 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 caption is good here what's yeah. gonna make what what's gonna make this post really sing yeah a jimmy buffett quote which I always Hell quote yeah. the song uh, "Don't Bug Me" from the film Arachnophobia, um, in which uh, he uh, is, of course, singing a song. Uh, it's Jimmy Buffett as a bug, uh, <laughs> saying, uh, "Don't, don't squish me. Don't." Uh, I need to look up the lyrics to "Don't Bug Me" because that song is great. Must. Because uh, Arachnophobia Must. was directed by Frank Marshall, who produces. Uh, he produces a lot of, uh, he direct, he's a, the producer for like Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park. Oh. Um, now uh, I'm interested. But he is Jimmy, he and Jimmy Buffett are best friends. And he is the reason why Jimmy Buffett has a. Cameo second, in Jurassic Park. He has a blinking you'll miss it cameo in Jurassic World in which he's mm-hmm. uh, rescuing two margaritas. Um, <laughs> anyway. um <gasps> Okay, here are the lyrics to Don't Bug Me by Jimmy Buffett. Don't bug me. Don't mug me. I'm better off left alone. Let me twirl in my world out in the wind unknown. Wild unknown. Not crawling. Free falling. Just don't get in my way. Don't squish me or death wish me. That's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah. That and, I found. That's my religion. Or yeah. this quote. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's my that's my religion. Or this. And because I have to go into the chorus, um, I can spin a web, I can spin a tail, leave me in the jungle, take me to the town, right side up or upside down. Ah, <laughs> uh, eight legs in one pea brain. So don't bug me, don't mug anyway. Oh, and, and on in. it goes, and on it goes. There are two songs by Jimmy Buffett that I have to go on YouTube to listen to them, and they are Don't Bug Me, and um, they're both from movies. One of them is Don't Bug Me from Arachnophobia, and the one is um, Turn It Around from Summer Rental starring John Candy. <laughs> Turn, I, I could not trace, trace it back as to how we got off Friday the 13th to Jimmy Buffett songs. Listen. Um, but I'm start- not, I, I ain't questioning it. I, I will steer any conversation towards Jimmy towards Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. I can figure it out if I could. As, if I as listen, she, listen, I can spin a web. I can spin a tail, uh, right side up or upside down. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, I lead you straight to a quote by Jimmy Buffett. All right, so six degrees of Buffett. And now to quote Joe Bob Beriggs, back to the movie, which six degrees, Kevin Bacon. Um, oh, oh, oh my God, we did it. Podcast over. <laughs> Let's see. Um, we've already talked about the cop showing up looking for Ralph. Uh, we yeah. talked about. Uh, I have a note here. I've heard of bats in the brelfie, but Ralph's in the pantry. Um, <laughs> and we got we got Ralph and his Again, bit. Just trying and, to save the day. And just then trying we get, to save the day. And then we get to uh, the scene, or it's like it shows the sun setting, to which I wrote dusk. 
and zero work has been done. Uh, These these kids ain't done shit. These kids ain't (laughs) done shit but had sex, okay? Okay? Went swimming for a little bit. Speaking hey, of having speaking of having sex, shit. we got um we got um Jack and Marcy are having a little thing while Ned's off in the distance. Oh my god, I forgot the scene and I didn't re- I didn't remember it until of course the camera pans up to show Ned and I was like this is fucking great. But it's uh great. well before that, uh yeah, Ned's like off by himself and then he sees somebody in which like watching it this time you're like that is clearly a cable knit sweater. He, like, he sees Pamela Voorhees. Oh, I didn't notice that. And then he goes off that. And then, um, and then... Classic cable knit sweater. I love me a cable knit sweater. Fashion icon, Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get to her later. Yeah, yeah. But, Let me hold uh, off. Let me hold we back. We get to my favorite part of the movie in which we get to see a bacon strip. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hate you so much. I don't, I've never hated anything more than that pun in my life. Uh. Uh. Which, ironically, he wasn't playing the strip Monopoly. If you're going to have bacon. Uh, yeah, he missed out on bacon strip Monopoly. Yeah. He's off stripping with Marcy. What are they doing? Up yeah. to no good. Up defying to. the Lord. The one true Lord, our God. Jesus Christ in heaven. Uh. Yeah, Strip Monopoly, which I thought that was very, very funny. It's just, it, a, who the fuck would think to play Strip Monopoly? What a what a combo. Some Again, these, these kids will do anything to get naked and not do work. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Steve's in a diner thinking, like, I better get back because I got to do some work. And, and what good is goddamn Steve, too? He ain't done a damn thing all day, either. <laughs> That's another message from this movie. PSA, don't be, don't be. A lazy sex addict. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Kevin Bacon's death in this movie is... Because uh, we got like... Um, oh, while it's, they're, it's good. While they're making sex, the, uh, the camera <laughs> the camera pans up and we see Ned in the bunk above them. And he's got the, you know... Surprise! His, got his throat slit. And then mm-hmm. Marcy leaves. And then, you know, Bacon's just sitting there smoking his little... Smoking his reefer... And then all of a sudden, the arrow, which this is like one of the most iconic deaths in mm-hmm. cinema going mm-hmm. through his throat. And which made me think, Pamela Voorhees really doesn't like throats. Oh, He's, yeah, yeah, she doesn't. Where does that come from? I, she's slitting throats left and right. It's like almost every one of the kills is a throat kill. Yeah. But what's so strange, well, I don't, yeah, I, would, I don't need to get ahead of myself. Well, you can but, do it. Get ahead of yourself. I just mean like the final death. I guess I, I won't go into detail, but the final death. She's not going for the throat that much. She she's throwing out a bunch of crazy stuff in the final fight death scene or whatever. Yeah. And she's not going. And before leading up to that, it's all these like super graphic, like gory, like hardcore throat slitting scenes. She yeah, she really doesn't like throats because she's tired of people giving each other hickeys on throats. That's what it is. <laughs> you found it. You've done it. That's what it is. But yeah, uh, we got yeah we got Kevin Bacon's right death. to the heart. And then we got Marcy, and then her death's dope when she she opens up the curtain, and then she spins around and gets an axe to the oh face. Oh, my God. Straight up, like, gruesome. And they show it. They fully show it. They don't cut away from it. An axe in her head. And I'm very impressed with the, with the makeup for that time. 
I think, uh, I feel like what you should do, listener, you can steal this costume idea as well, but Marcy with an axe to the face would be a great Halloween costume. I think you can, so. You mm-hmm. can make the axe out of foam so it's not that heavy. Uh-huh. Um, you know. I think I already have a foam axe too left over from Halloween. Yeah, so. and you can just, you can just grab that to the face and then you just do, like, you, you, you know, spirit gum or do something to the face with the mm-hmm. axe. And then you just do the makeup around the blade. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's it. That's the you done. The, that's the that's the costume. You're I was done. gonna say uh, throw on some uh, brown underwear, but the brown that's underwear, <laughs> the brown like, underwear is sim- in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Simplest costume ever. No, uh, she's, she's. Let's see, X like classic whitey whitey tidies for this one. <laughs> and then yeah, we cut back to the strip monopoly game in which Brenda's so down steaming to her, up. Yeah, Brenda's down to her underwear. Uh, Who's the other guy? It's not Ned. Drinking Red Stripe. It's Brian. Brian. Is it Brian? He's, um, It's Brian. I wrote down all the names because I'm so shitty with names. It's Bill. His name is Bill. It's Brian. (laughs) It's Bill. It's played by uh, Harry Crosby, Bing Crosby's son. (laughs) Whatever. That's what I said, Bill. That's what I said. Yeah, um, and then you got, uh, of course, you got... um, Bill. Who's an okay guy? Bill's an okay guy. And then, yeah. so wait, and, uh, Brenda. Yeah. Is isn't she a famous actress as well? I don't. I looked famous her up, actor? which she unfortunately died like in her forties. I want to say. Oh. But um, this I, is I recognize her. Known for. I thought I recognized her. I thought I saw her in something when she, she was nah, older. The, the, she was in four things, and the last thing she was in was this. <laughs> four things. Yeah. But she um. Yeah, the most like iconic people in this movie were like, of Kevin course, Bacon. Kevin Bacon, and then um, Walt Gorney, who plays Ralph. No, I'm just kidding, Ralph. Uh, he is the only thing he's superstar. done is the first two F13s, and then he narrated the opening of the eighth one. Gorgeous career. Gorgeous. Oh, I didn't realize he was in. He played uh, a security guard in the Rodney Danger film. Rodney Danger film. That's right. Da- Rodney Danger film movies are now called Rodney, Rodney Danger, Danger films. films. You heard it here first, folks. Easy money. That's what he was in. And he was also in Trading Places. He only has 13 credits. And the last one, Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Oh. Ralph. Anyway. All that wasted talent. All right, Sarah. um, Let's take a break real quick, okay? No. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Friday the 13th is a story of madness carried beyond its limit. It is a film that is not recommended for the very young or for people who are prone to nightmares. Friday the 13th, you may only see it once, but that will be enough. Friday the 13th, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. And we're back. Thank you for listening to that ad from that sponsor. Now, where are we at? No, thank you. In my notes, we were talking about. My man, Walt Gorney, who plays Crazy Ralph, a.k.a. the best character in cinema. Mm-hmm. We were talking um, about we love Ralph. Let's see. We were talking oh, about yeah. Strip Monopoly. How could Strip we Monopoly. forget the and climax which, uh, of the movie? Bill, yeah, Bill loses his, like, he's lost Boot. the most. And then they say the <laughs> is the worst run of bad luck since Richard Nixon. That's right. I missed that line. I had turned away to take a bite of my eggs I was eating, as I told you. And I was like, did they just did they just talk about Richard Nixon? I was confused. Which, my um 
that makes me think about another quote from the film Cue the Winged Serpent, uh, which is a Larry Cohen movie. And um, God, Cue the Winged Serpent is such a good movie. Um, I feel like we should talk about that on this podcast because it's technically. Let's just talk about movie. that instead. But um, <laughs> I Michael Moore. That. But like, there's a part in the movie where Michael Moriarty has a um, he ha- he has like a what does he say? He's like trying to get a deal, and then he's like, "Oh, it's not in the quotes on the IMDb." But he's like, "I wanted them. I want one of them Nixon deals," and it just makes me laugh. Like just the just people just talking about Richard Nixon in like you know, which I feel like in movies in the in the coming years are going to talk about Trump that way. Yeah, you know what I mean, like the way they talk about Richard Nixon. Oh God. Uh, yeah. When in oh doubt, yeah, throw throw in, when in doubt, throw in a casual line about Nixon. Yeah. But this is, um, I think, I don't know if they're looking for Ned or something like that, but, like, Brenda talks about, like, they have to go somewhere, and then Brenda, instead of putting all of her clothes back oh on. Oh, my God. She just puts on a raincoat. She puts on no shoes, dude. Yeah, she puts on a raincoat, no shoes, over her, like, underwear. By far then, my least favorite part of the movie, because I was watching her little naked toes squish in that freaking mud. <laughs> And I was so scared by that. I was more scared by that than when anyone died. Yeah. <laughs> At all. That, like, uh, that is so. That is so upsetting. Sarah Sarah Jean's version of a horror movie is uh, just a, just a foot going into oh some blood. Oh God! It was so upsetting. <laughs> it was so scary. Why naked toe? Why clothes your cinemas. feet? Naked toe. Put clothes on your feet before you go out into the rain. <laughs> PSA: The more you know, goes above your head. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I just wrote that. It makes so much. But it's like she's like holding her clothes in a bunch. Yeah. And then um, all her anyway. toiletries, and she goes and brushes her teeth, does a whole nighttime care routine with her muddy ass wet feet. <laughs> I'm so upset by it. Did did not see her. Yeah, that's another thing about this movie. Is there's so many long scenes like that, but it's building up suspense. But before We're we get there. to that, but before we get to that scene, we got to talk about Sandy the waitress. Who? Sandy. <laughs> I love Sandy. I needed which more I, Sandy. I could have done I, with an hour I knew, more. Yeah, I knew you would love Sandy. As soon as she popped up on screen, she's, I was like, this is a character that Sarah would play in a movie. She's a fucking hero, man. And I'd be honored to play Sandy in any <laughs> damn movie. N- another PSA for everyone listening. Hire me as Sandy. The, the oh, diner it's waitress. Because, yeah, Steve is like, what do I owe you? And she's like, oh, just a night on just the town. Just a night out on the town. I <laughs> said, Sandy, the only person that can get it in this movie is you without without <laughs> dying. She's allowed to have sex. Only Sandy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what a flirt. She's great. I just, I just, I, I would love it if, like, Sandy was, like, in the situation in which she was about to have sex. And then, like, Pamela Voorhees, like, saw her. And, <laughs> Pam, like, and then, and then Pamela just, you know, she, she just goes, throws she a wink. Like, you nah, you're it. good. You she get puts, it, Sandy. She, she puts her knife back in a little sheet. Mrs. She's Voorhees like, is sex negative for everyone except for Sandy. She goes, you go, yeah. girl. Sandy, you can get it. Sandy, <laughs> you got this, girl. You know oh, what's up. I just up. love that. <laughs> Sandy's great. Steve, I still hate. Love Sandy, yeah. though. Love Sandy. 
But yeah, now we have Brenda getting ready for bed, in which um, I just want to say this is how I dress every night. I wear a long gown. <laughs> I carry a stub of candle. And I, of course, I have my hat. Mm-hmm. I got I got my four posts on my on my bed. I, just It's called self-care. You ever heard? It's called se- yeah. I, eat, I always eat um, <laughs> some beef before bed, mm-hmm. just in case ghosts show up. Rare. What I'm saying is, I dress Rare. like Ebenezer Scrooge yes. uh, every time I go to bed. Voorhees um, and Voorhees. <laughs> that, that was from the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh. Instead of Marley and Marley, I sang Voorhees and Voorhees. I don't you know what was? You know what was funny about? Because uh, over Christmas, I rewatched uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. It's the best. Um, so Waldorf is uh, Jacob Marley. Mm-hmm. But Statler is Robert uh, Marley, mm-hmm. um, which of course Ro- Bob is the shortened version of Robert. So he is Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You never you never gotten that before? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. Well, light light bulb moment. We're learning things. Yeah. <laughs> is this st- which one's Statler? Hold up, I got a Statler. Because um, it bothers me which one's which. I've seen that movie every year of my life, and I would not know. I don't have the old memory bank like you, Lathan. Oh, Statler is Jacob Marley, and Waldorf is... Because they always sit um, left and right, mm. but the names are backwards. So Waldorf's on the left, and Statler's on the right. God. Anyway, some Muppet fan I am. The intention to detail. Yeah. (laughs) Where are we at? Oh, yeah, Brenda going to bed, and then she hears the, uh, she's like, we see her whole routine, yeah. Yeah. This is another one of those things that is long. It is a YouTube vlog, like, makeup tutorial. (laughs) Like, like it is her nightcare routine. (laughs) So, before I get killed by Jason, what I like to do is put on some primer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and ladies, this is really going to help when that blood starts to splatter against your skin. At a certain point, I like to get up in bed and then I hear a weird voice going, help me. And of course, I got to go check. <laughs> like and that's t- when I get murdered. <laughs> uh, nothing rejuvenates the skin like getting murdered. Am I right? Am I right, ladies? And we all know at the end of the night, I like to get, I, I like to wrap myself up with some rope, put blood all over my face and then throw myself through a window. <laughs> Um, yeah, that part's weird where it's like, uh, she's out in the archery in which she thinks she's going to get killed out there. Oh, yeah, like, she ends up stumbling she, out. Yeah, and then, um, it's fucking pouring down. It's like more rain than freaking Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, I got some very big Jurassic Park vibes later, and a scene we'll get to probably in a minute, but I, I was disappointed because I thought I remembered... And I think it's just what my brain wanted to happen. I thought I remembered her stumbling out into archery range and, like, the lights come on. And I thought she gets shot up against the, you know, like, the archery board. But mm-hmm. she doesn't. She just stumbles out there and, like, you don't you don't know what happens until later. Yeah. Right? Well, that's, yeah. well later on, it's Bill who gets... Uh, he gets the old gets... arrow to the eye, chest, yeah. and leg. Well, the old, the old triple arrow... Yeah, the old arrow trick. The old, the old Voorhees arrow trick. Yeah, but then they um, 
I, th- I guess that yeah they go and investigate and it's Alice and Bill and then they um they go into Brenda's cabin and they pull open the sheet and there was an axe. <laughs> What's going <laughs> on here? <laughs> and I was just like, shh, be quiet. You don't want to wake up the axe. <laughs> it's sleeping. <laughs> This whole uh, this whole thing, of course, is probably like a carryover from them copying Michael Myers whenever he sets up stuff in his little haunted house of horrors. Yeah. It's like, you know, his Rube Goldberg of like, you trip over one dead body, it springs another dead body yeah, and all this stuff. Yeah, that is very Which, similar, the style of the, the killing. But it's just funny, it's like, I'm just going to put this axe, I'm going to put the blade... On the pillow, and then I'm gonna cover him up and because he needs an, he needs a rest. This axe. They'll mistake it for an actual human sleeping body, <laughs> but instead they'll they'll peel back the covers and they'll be like, "I'm scared." It'll be hilarious. Classic Pamela. Classic me. But I'm uh, so she good. um so good. Yeah, then they go and they go try to. Call somebody, and then the phone line's been cut, and they try to leave, and, and then, then the car has been tampered with. Yeah, that it's yeah. been cut. Oh my god! In my favorite, one of my favorite lines of the movie, she goes, "What's wrong with it?" In reference to the car, and he goes, "I don't know. It's wet." <laughs> <laughs> Live footage of me trying to fix a car. <laughs> You should actually, like, if you're, like, talking to mechanics. <laughs> My car just got wet all of a sudden. It's just so wet all over. I don't know what happened, but it's definitely directly related to the problem with the car. Oh, yeah. My check engine light came on. Do you know what happened? I don't know. It got wet. wet? I don't know. It's wet. Like, <laughs> wow. Way to be useful, camp counselors. Camp counselor Brian. I mean, Bill. Whatever uh. your name is. Classic Bill. And then Classic this is Bill. when um there's a whole scene in which like, yeah, Steve drives off the road and he gets picked up by the cop and the cop's driving him and he's like That's the Jim Jurassic Park moment because he has Yeah, he's talking about he has this He's little... talking about weird weird shit going on. It's like, oh, it's a full moon on Friday the thirteenth, so of course everything's he drops him off because something else happens. Mm-hmm. And then um yeah, I just love uh it's very much like Jurassic Park with with Ned and then uh Steve's like, Oh hi. What are you doing out in this mess? Dead. <laughs> Killed immediately. Dead. That was the... So I didn't see the cable knit sweater earlier in the film, or else I would have known who our her killer was going to be revealed to be. But um, when... I did notice this time watching, yeah, it's when Steve gets closer to the light, he clearly recognizes who it is. And it's yeah. like, oh, so we know... We know this killer is someone who's familiar with the camp and who's been getting it all ready and stuff. I didn't realize that until watching it this time. So, revelation which, for me. Pretty. Which I don't know if it's like set up that the Christies did own this place and that Pamela Voorhees worked for the Christies. That's what she kept saying to uh, uh, Alice. Yeah. yeah. She kept I saying, I, I, I know the Christies. I work for the Christies. I know the Christies. She said it like five times. I work for the... Yeah. It's okay. I work for the Christies. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this... I think it's, I don't know if it's this point, but like the power goes out because yeah, the generator gets fucked with and then oh, Bill yeah. goes out and investigates She's and don't a, see him again. Yeah, Alice is asleep. And this is when we have an entire scene of Alice making two cups of coffee. Okay, and can we talk about <laughs> why is her ass making coffee at nighttime? <laughs> 
Well, they gotta stay up because there's so much bad shit going on. They're trying to. It's like classic. I, as, as someone with anxiety, who we all know coffee makes that worse, I just thought, Jesus Christ, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're going to go through the roof with, like, anxiety after you drink well, that th- cup of coffee at 9 p.m. Well, I think it's because, like, because, um, like, yeah, Fr- Nightmare on Elm Street, they have, like, coffee trying to stay up. But she's been was- asleep. So that's what confused me was, like, she's been sound, like, peacefully, peacefully sleeping. And she well, wakes think- up and she's like... Oh, the generator. Yeah, well, I think what it is is like um, it's been raining. Yeah. So they got wet. They were out in the wet. That's what. Then, that's um, what happened to the car. And then, um, yeah, I got wet, so better you know pour some coffee in the car. Mm-hmm. And then um, maybe that's what she was doing. That I, she was. Uh huh. That was the fix. But it was probably it was probably cold and wet. And then, um, yeah, that's logical sense to me. It's cold and wet. And okay. She's, she, well, you know, she needs to she needs to be spry if she's gonna survive. I guess so. And then she goes off, which cracks me up because we don't see her turn off the stove. So she just leaves to go look for Bill, and then then she finds Bill with the arrows to the face. So what actually happened is the house caught fire, and they all. So what I'm thinking is at the end of this movie, yeah, the house caught on fire, which Mm -hmm. that would have been great. Um, which they do do that in Freddy versus Jason, but like, just uh, they obviously did not. Is that what happens? Is the oven has been on this whole time for decades, and then in the sequel, (laughs) the house finally explodes because the gas is running. Well, Cam Crystal Lake does catch on fire in Freddy vs. Jason, and there's like a fight where it's like that's uh, what happens. She left the oven on in a fiery cabin. She left the oven on all those years later, and exploded because it's just a cabin filled with gas. That's that'd be so funny if that shit. He's like, oh yeah. Alice left this on, um, but yeah, Bill has an arrow to the face, and he's much like Bob from Friday or from Halloween. He's like up on the door. Great, great kill. And then Alice freaks out, great runs away, and can't arrows. lock the door. So she wraps a rope around the rack. Alice, and then baby, I thought that was very smart. I thought that was cool, but it didn't look like it was gonna stick. I'm the the that was pretty smart. But her trying to put the rest of the furniture in front of the door, I was just that like, "This is comical." Alice and crying too. She can't. Which, but the, obviously, the empathetic side of me was like, "Sarah, if you were in this position, you'd be a fucking crime mess too. You couldn't move furniture to save your life. First of all, you're not really strong in the first place. But second of all, if there was a killer after you, you'd be doing the same damn thing." The cruel side of me was like, "Get it together, Alice. Come on." <laughs> We need to put some more stuff in front of this door. Stop crying. I just love the yeah. She th- she threw up. She threw up like a trunk. Uh, I think at one point a she chair. Had an she was just flailing a around, chair. grabbing a chair, whatever she a chair, could grab. A trunk, an autographed picture of Andy Devine. She threw everything she, up there. She proceeds to grab and throw anything in the house throughout the next like hour of the film. <laughs> it feels like yeah. an hour. <laughs> well, the whole yeah, the whole back half of this movie is her putting shit in front of that door. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long, it's a very long scene of her just, I don't know, this? But yeah, there's a lot of, like, towards the end of this movie, it's just a lot of, like, tension-building scenes in which, like, somebody's just doing, it's taking a long time for somebody to do something in which, like... Closing the windows. Yeah. And again, it's kind of another stereotypical, I guess, trope of a scary movie of, like, the character, you know, just taking forever to try to do anything because they're so frazzled. Yeah. But her trying to close those damn windows on those, the, I just couldn't get over the, um, the, 
I don't, what are they called? Curtain rods? They're made of sticks. <laughs> and she couldn't. <laughs> she couldn't close them. And I was looking at it like, who the fuck built this cabin and made these curtain rods out of sticks? <laughs> I didn't and they even kept that. snagging. They kept snagging on the wood. And I was like, well, girl, well, you're going to die. I can't tell you. Back in the day when I would try to close a curtain like that, how many times it would get caught? It's. Very frustrating. She could not get That's it closed. Why. Couldn't get it closed. Just hit the microphone. Uh, uh, that's why we need silent drape runners, like uh, from the television series Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Run silent, run drapes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then this is, uh, which, this bit right here, Brenda getting thrown through the window. This bit right here. It is my favorite Friday the 13th thing that happens because Jason later on he's just like oh my mom did that one time I'm gonna do it 8,000 more times. Pushing people through the window. The first thing that came through the window was the title so that was already we knew something was coming through the window. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a foreshadow. Yeah yeah, Brenda through the window that was so cool which is just like how did did Pamela use that rope is that how she got through the window? Like, how was Yeah, this? how the hell did, did she throw her through the window like that? How, how old was Betsy Palmer when this movie came out? Is that who plays like, Voorhees? Yeah, Betsy Palmer just working out <laughs> she, for days. Getting buff. She had to get buff for this final scene. So She does all her own from, stunts. Oh, wow, Betsy Palmer's from East Chicago, Indiana. Hell yeah, she's an icon. That's so East Chicago. Icon. Um, Let's see, 1979 minus 1926 equals... She was 53 when this movie came out. Hell yeah. So, um, just a 53-year-old woman working out like, yeah, I'm going to throw these kids. I'm going to be chucking these kids wanna, through windows. I don't give a shit. I want to see uh, a montage of her workout routine that she did leading up to this movie. And well, that will be my new workout. When we... Uh, <laughs> when we... Uh, You'll go. You'll you'll go from uh, lifting an eight pound weight to lifting a uh, one hundred and thirty pound teenager. Full ass body. <laughs> from an eight pound weight to a full ass body in in one week. Hi, how much is this weight? This this weighs a full ass body. <laughs> Hi, I can lift a full ass body. You even lift, bro? Yeah. Full. And then ass like body. yeah, Alice runs away, and then Pamela Voorhees comes in like, oh hello. Hi. It's like. <laughs> wrong her introduction is so funny because like alice is freaking out she's like i'm a friend of the christies i, I thought i'd come christies. and come and see what's up i just thought i just was out in this rainstorm just casually driving and i thought i'd pay a visit i'm the new cook I'm, because i murdered annie earlier that's why she killed annie because she wanted to take over her yep, job yeah because she became the cook a thousand percent that's what it was that's what it was but i just love her uh because alice is freaking out and then Pamela just goes, I'm not afraid. Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic, iconic hero. She's the best. She's the best. Mrs. Voorhees is my favorite villain of all time. I wrote up my, um, because she's like leading her in to look at all the dead bodies. Mm -hmm. And like, I just wrote down Pamela acting up a damn storm because she's like, oh my, like freaking Mm -hmm. out like, like, oh. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, there's so much bad stuff that's happened. And then like, then looks at the camera and she's like, but it was me. It was me, bitches. Surprise. Uh, 
And then, yeah, and then the revelation, like, Jason is my son, and today is his birthday, today which... Is his... Sh- HBD, Jason. Ha- happy birthday, do you? Yeah, I wrote down, uh, Pamela Voorhees is like a reverse Norman Bates, because that yes. was when she was going, like, kill her, mommy, kill her. Kill like, her, she was mommy. becoming Jason, kill talking her. to her. I, I, uh, I, that's one of my, I wrote that down, like, this is possibly one of my favorite moments in a, acting moments. In a, in a horror movie of all time. Just because she like, I, I don't know, just the way she delivers it, straight face, like her eyes are just blank and she just delivers it vocally, like with the little boy voice. And it's uh-huh. and it sounds so creepy, but natural because she's able to do the little high pitched boy, boy voice and then goes back into this like deep, like really still feminine, but like husky, terrifying voice afterwards. It's... um. I'm in love with her. And to think she took this role so she could buy a new car. <laughs> Hell yeah. What car did she get? You know what? That's never talked about in the uh, in the trivia for this movie. What car did Betsy Palmer buy? With the money she made off of Friday the 13th. Oh, I'm doing some stupid camp movie. But I gotta get that car. <laughs> I'm just doing it for Ironically, the, that car for later broke... Ironically, that car later broke down because it got wet. God damn, wetness. <laughs> the cause of all car car failures. Fucking wetness. Classic wetness. Um. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we get like this long, drawn-out fight between Pamela and Alice. It's wild. Which, and then like Pam- Alice gets away, tries to load a gun, but can't get the bullets because they're locked up. Mm. And then ends up using that as a, you know, swinging the gun around and whatnot. And Mrs. Voorhees comes in and slaps and then, the absolute oh shit. Oh my God. He's just slapping the <laughs> shit out of her. And I don't know why. Obviously, I'm not rooting for villains in any horror movie, but when she slaps. Or I'm like, holy shit, yes, Mor- <laughs> Miss. Like, I find myself rooting for Mrs. Voorhees. I mean, she's a mother scorned. And I'm like, yeah, you slap the shit out of those counselors. Those kids, they're up to no good. I think this movie just reflects how much of a six-year-old woman I am inside of me. <laughs> who's like, these kids fucking deserved it. Fuck them. Not paying attention, not taking care of kids. Kids are out here drowning all over the place. You need to get slapped. <laughs> Three times. Fucking slash. <laughs> I'm Team Voorhees. <laughs> Hashtag Team Voorhees. Hashtag Team Voorhees. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's true. That was a very enjoyable moment. And then, like, yeah, Alice gets away and then goes back into the pantry, which I was full on expecting Ralph to be back at that pantry again. Like, oh, hello. She gets in the I pantry. Told you. Oh, well, you forgot the, the other classic moment where she comes back. The fight's so great because, again, it's not as brutal as you think, like, the killings were. She, she slaps mm-hmm. her, which is pretty hard and pretty fucking in her face. But then Alice slams the freaking gun into her groin. She- oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she falls back on the couch. Yeah, I was, I, I hardly took any notes during this fight sequence because it was so good. Oh, yeah, I, I did. I wrote down all my faves, so that was definitely my fave, is that she fall, it hits her, she hits her so hard, she, what we would call a, I, I don't know if I can say the C word on this podcast, <laughs> um, a cunt punt, 
to <laughs> the gun and that literally knocks her to the floor. And then she runs towards the pantry. And then we get to yeah. the pantry. I yeah, the, love the whole pantry thing. And then, like, it's like my, it's like straight from Halloween in which Michael's trying to find Lori in the... Yeah. Oh, and the lighting is great in that, too. That moment of relief where we think she's left. Yeah. It's and then um, she breaks through. And then, um, Sarah Jean, do you have a cast iron uh, skillet at the house? Uh, I no longer have a cast iron skillet. I did. Well, let me get you... T- I'm going to tell you, you need to get one. I know. And then this is the part of the podcast in which I teach you how to properly... <laughs> clean a cast iron skillet what you got to do is you got to take that after you've used it all right this is how you season the shit okay first when you get it you got to season it of course mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you take some olive oil you 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 heat up the pan step numero uno you pour the olive oil on there and then you take like a bandana or something a Mm lint-free whatever and then you take that oil and then you it's still heated and then you wipe around the 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 inside of the pan, mm-hmm. and then you take it off the heat, and then let it sit for like thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Come back and take the, your your bandana, mm-hmm. preferably as not worn by a old uh, guy who was chopping wood, who was shirtless with jorts, who was shirtless, his name Steve, uh, cut off shorts, and um, you take that, and then you wipe out the excess oil, mm-hmm. put it away, and then you use it again. Right. Okay, that's how you properly season it. Now to clean it, you heat up the pan again. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you heat up your water in your sink, and then you just use that steam to like just, just scrub the shit out of it. Don't use soap mm. or anything. No, you can't. That's how you get everything off of it. You can't. Okay. Ruin it. And then you wipe it down with a paper towel, mm-hmm. and then to season it, go back to what I said earlier. Rewind, you know, a minute or two, and then this uh, repeat that process. Rinse, repeat. Yeah. Now, if you're gonna scrape stuff out of there, don't use like metal or anything like that. I recommend using a wooden spatula or something like that, because you don't because wood is soft and you don't want to scrape anything out of there. This has become a very helpful podcast for seasoning yeah. cast so, iron skillets. Whenever you get your cast iron skillet, that's go back and listen to this podcast, and then you'll learn how to do it again. Okay. You missed a very important step in seasoning your cast iron skillet. And what's that? You are going to have to then, after you've oiled the pan, you bake the pan, you rinse the pan, you wash the pan, you hit uh-huh. someone in the fucking face with that pan, <laughs> and you season it with their blood. Yeah. I love that uh, she like lifted up her head, and you saw like a little bit of trickle of blood coming. She's like, well, I guess she's dead. Again, another moment where it's like, this is, this is heating up. This is yeah. uh, the fight scene. It starts out with some just simple slapping to the face. Now we're getting now we're getting real. I love how it turns into a cartoon in which she hits her with a frying pan. Yeah. Uh huh. It's so good. But um, yeah. Then we go to <laughs> Alice. Is like I guess. Well, everybody's dead. I took out the killer. I guess I'm gonna jump in a boat. She and then <laughs> and then Pamela's like, No, the fuck you ain't. This is in another moment where I'm like, Alice, get. It together. <laughs> Have you never been in a scary movie before? Have you not seen one? Do you not know any killers in your life? Her ass goes to the lake, sits down, and acts as if she's just happy as a little clam, just chilling by the lakeside. Yeah. Just but yeah. And then, uh, then Pamela shows up, and then like I just a drag out fight on the beach. We're back to beat each other the shit out of each we're other. Well, yeah, we're slapping, we're throwing fists, we're rolling around. 
I love I love how great Pamela is at fighting. It's just it's just so she's so good at but it yeah, because like Pamela's super physical too. Again, all comes, of the kills have been like with weapons and stuff, and she's not a this how old was she? Fifty six. She's fifty three. Fifty three year old woman is not afraid to freaking throw fucking fists. Like she throws yeah. physically, she throws down murder weapon or not. She came to kill. She does not <laughs> care. She does not take prisoners. She is avenging the death of her son at, yeah, at all costs. But yeah, Alice tries to hit her with a boat oar, which I had this Mandela effect in my mind. I was like, did Alice knock her head off with a boat oar? Oh, God. But no. But Alice uh, comes in with the boat oar. Uh, Pamela breaks it. Then Pamela takes the boat oar and tries to stab yeah, her with it. Yeah, so close. Oh, it's so cool. Almost And then, it. of course, Alice comes in triumphant with the machete, lops her head off. With the which, mach- like... And I get, I've I've watched this movie once a year, and I always forget. I always forget this moment that there's a yeah. beheading in this movie. Well, Jason later finds the head, and don't no well, spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers, bitch. Maybe next Friday the Thirteenth, we'll uh, we'll discuss uh, part two, which is a better film in my opinion. But yeah, uh, I. I love how uh, when Pamela's head comes off, her hands come up, and it is clearly... It's in slow motion, too, and it's clearly she, a man's hand. She, oh, they're man's hands, and it's like they, they shake and, like, fist up, like, no! Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. I love how... Love how the uh, I feel like uh, I don't know if it was Tom Savini or somebody else, but like their hands come up and like clearly there's a ring on there, which I don't know if she was wearing a ring earlier. It's Mrs. It's like, yeah, I just throw on this. I just throw on the sweater, um, <laughs> and we'll just have my hands come up and green, you know, yell in agony. And, and the man hands were not. Um, they were. They were not. Uh, there was no. What do you call it when you get? Um, I guess you go to the spa. And you get a, a manicure, and you get a. They were not like the hair. The hair was very apparent. The <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah. very very manly hands. Yeah, that was that was clearly a dad's hands who uh, the day before he uh, he fell asleep uh, watching a race drinking Budweiser like yeah. that is. And then and then showed up on set and was like, "I'm standing in for what? Okay, all right, I got it. I got it. I'm I can play. I can play headless." I was born to play headless. Yeah. Born to play. I, I just love they focus on it. I can't think of another movie that really focuses that long on a headless head. It's just. like a, it's very cool because it's a definitive death. Oh, yeah. They're like, F you, we're actually going to kill the yeah, person. She's like, dead forever. For, gone forever. And then, yeah. And next we have Alice who. <sighs> There's still so much herself. to cover even after the. She says, everybody's dead. I guess I better get into this boat and float around for a bit. What the fuck? Again, Alice, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? What but the- I love that uh, that's closing. It's like so serene. And then like you think it's all done. Here we she's are. Like, she's like laying in the boat. I was about to- Got her hand touching the water lightly. I love the composition. I love the music of the movie up until this fucking final scene of the <laughs> beautiful- of the- romance like dun, dun, dun. it's so good fucking so i love it <laughs> it's so s- stupid to me i still love it but it's still so stupid to me i love it but it's still and then and then we have our boy jason coming out of the coming water back, coming back and to kill which that's a great introduction for jason it is 
And I haven't seen any other movies. I can see where it lends itself to feature Jason in the other movies. But Mrs. Voorhees, you'll always be my number one. We'll just have like a my number one. Like have like a little mo- moment in which it's a montage of you. <laughs> we do need at the end of this. We just need a montage of me just like blowing kisses to photos of of <laughs> Pamela. Is that her name? I'm surprised you haven't dressed up as her for Halloween. I actually, that's great. I think I'm going to do that this Halloween. That's a fantastic idea because... You got to get a blue cable knit sweater. I just... Are there any other... What other horror movies feature a woman in her 50s as the killer? I, I, like... I I really can't think of it. I'm sure there are, but every time I watch this, that's what sticks out to me, and that's what I'm like, oh, I remember why I love this movie so much, because when I first saw it, I was like, I have not seen a woman of this age play an actual brutal, like, murder, murderer Mm -hmm. (laughs) in in a horror movie before. I can't think of any. I can't think of any either. It's great. And with... Yeah, then we get... What were we going to say? I was just going to say, with such a powerful backstory i think too like like the story of a woman that's why i'm on her side she's avenging the death of her son i can get behind that okay <laughs> you are you are team Pamela. so what she slit a bunch of throats she stabbed people with arrows but <laughs> hashtag team hashtag t- um yeah and then we get to the ending in which uh alice is in a hospital and then she gets a shot in her butt and then the, <laughs> mm, the old butt <laughs> and shot then- and then, uh, and then the cop, you know, she's talking to the police, and she says, well, "Where's that boy, boy?" And then it's the iconic boy. line, "Boy, ma'am, we didn't find any boy." <gasps> dun, dun. And he's, then he's still out there. He's still anyway. out there. And that's the end of the movie. Done. Great movie. Donezo. I really think they could have left it at that, but I guess I can't speak for. Speak for that until I actually see the sequels, because I feel like well, overall, the thing. that makes it associate associate producer Stephen Miner thought the same thing, and then he directed the se- the next two movies. All right. Anyway, well, I guess you're you're, you're obviously team um, team Betsy. Oh uh, yeah, Betsy Palmer and um, team, team Voorhees. Team Betsy Palmer, and which I love that she just credited it as Mrs. Voorhees. Mrs. Mrs. Voorhees. Now, I'm going to get into some, uh, this is some stuff from the sequels that you will, uh, it's very weird. I got to plug up but, my uh, computer because it's at 2%. Oh, no. Why hasn't the computer been plugged in the entire time? I thought I could make it. I leave my shit plugged in on always. I just, I just didn't. I just don't. It's my style. Listener, if halfway through this podcast, Sarah Jean just cuts out, it's because her computer died. Because she never charges anything. An, her phone's always at 10%. I'm an irresponsible human. Oof, boy. Um, I this, forget what I was going to say. Because I, I ruined it with a segue <laughs> of, of, here, now for the next 10 minutes, listen to me plugging in my computer. Oh, man. Well, yeah, let's... Uh, <laughs> I guess we could wrap this episode up now. But, yeah, uh, we'll probably, you know, next Friday the 13th, if we're still doing this podcast, we'll cover that one. When is the next Friday the 13th? Let's look that up real quick. Because today, the, the episode this came out is May May 13th. And the next one will be, I think it's January. Yep, January 13th, 2023. Uh, <laughs> That's the next Friday the 13th. And the one after that will be... October thirteenth. So they're they're like coming out with new, brand new movies. 
No, um, I'm talking about us doing podcast episodes. Um, let me tell you. Let me tell you about the illegal stuff. Are you plugged in? No, hold on. <laughs> One second. Listener Sarah was just staring at me with her, just staring at me with her hands on her chin, listening to what I was saying instead of doing a thing that was vital to the survival of this podcast, which was plug her, plug her computer in, I, and save the day. I'm in. Are we? Are we plugged in? I'm in. All right, we're jacked in. Um, <laughs> Jack, jacked in, jacked out. <laughs> well, we could talk about the legal issues that's going on with this with this franchise. Ooh. There has not been a new one since 2009. Legal. Because Sean Cunningham um, produced some of the, like, he produced the last Friday the 13th. He's, like, been trying to keep it going. But um, what happened was when he produced the original one, um, he hired Victor Miller to write it. Now, uh, the law, there's like a, this is a weird legal thing when it comes to writers, uh, like laws or whatever. But um, basically, Victor Miller was hired as a contractor to write this movie. And then, but that, that law lapsed after a certain amount of years. The law lapsed. So the rights reverted, were supposed to revert back to Victor Miller. But there's been like legal dispute in the courts. This has been going on for years as to who owns the rights to Friday the 13th. In which Victor Miller has uh, recently, most recently, been awarded the rights that he owns it. Because Sean Cunningham was arguing that Victor Miller was just a contractor. And that Sean Cunningham owned the rights to Friday the 13th. But all the courts are saying, no, 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 no. It's Victor Miller who owns the rights. Mm, Anyway. The real person who owns the rights. But Victor Miller doesn't have the rights to the adult killer Jason. That's another thing. Adult killer Jason isn't... Owned by Victor Miller. What? So he has the rights to Friday the 13th, but not to Jason Voorhees, the adult version. So he owns, like, this original story? Like He owns this. Miss, he owns, Mrs. yeah. The, the only one yep. that matters? I'm just kidding. Right, listen, I haven't I'm seen, I haven't seen the other ones. So I'm, I'm talking shit from a place. Talking shit about something you've never seen. Talking, talking shit from a place I'm, that I... <laughs> Oh, no, I was trying to create a catchphrase, and wow, that really didn't work. <laughs> it's just, I really just, uh, I'm just, <laughs> just going to. He's filing out of control. I'm just going to keep saying half sentences and not finishing them. I think that yeah. will make for a really good end of episode. Yeah, so that's what the end of this episode is. I don't know if we should do a ranking of these movies. I feel like we should just talk to them. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't really rate these movies, but um, Yeah. Yeah, I can't I, come up with a good rating system. I'm not going to do a rating system. We just we talked about the movie and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I was like, I probably couldn't even give you a ranking number because because when I start like numbering movies and horror, I love different movies, horror and and other genres aside for different reasons. So it's hard to like put it down to a number. But yeah, like like we both said when we started, love this movie. Boring as shit for a lot of it. <laughs> And then Mrs. Voorhees fucking knocks me out of the park every time. She's so good. She's great. She's great. She's one of a kind. Truly one of a kind. I will say this rewatch, I appreciated her a lot more. Because usually I go and watch the Jason ones. I never really go back and watch the first one. Yeah. I I mean, it's the only one I ever watch. Somehow I managed to never learn the twist that it was the mother until I watched it as an adult. And I'll never forget the first time I saw it, and I was just blown away. And I think it's because- well, that's the thing. Like, 
uh, if you watch like Scream, this movie's immediately spoiled because that's one of the first things they do is spoil this movie and that movie. Oh, what? How did I? Because I did watch Scream growing up, but that Nick, that's just how bad my memory is. I'm sure I watched because it growing up and I just forgot. The killer in Scream is talking to um, Drew Barrymore at the beginning, and it's like, "Do you like scary movies?" She's like, "Yeah, I love you know Friday the Thirteenth." And it's just like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna ask you some." She, he, you know, the killer starts asking trivia questions. Yeah. And then, like, who is the killer in Friday the 13th? And she says, Jason. Everybody knows that. He goes, no, it's not. It's his mother, Pamela. <gasps> blah, 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 blah. Pamela. Yeah, I would rank this movie in my ranking of all the Friday the 13th. This one is fourth in the rankings. Fourth of the, yeah, if I'd seen all of them, I probably would be able to do that kind of number ranking. But I haven't. I've only ever seen this one. Now, out of yeah. all of other, my other favorite horror classics, I would say it's up there and maybe top ten for me. Like, it's one I usually watch every year mm. alongside the other uh when i think of classic horror movies i do think of halloween or like we just talked about texas chainsaw massacre or tcm, TCM baby my possibly ultimate fave and uh well we may talk that about that eventually yeah but we're gonna we're gonna wrap this episode up and um Ooh. So this the way way we're gonna format this is that this week we're gonna have a movie episode. In two weeks, we're gonna have a little discussion episode. It's it's gonna be in the realm of horror. Maybe it's just me and Sarah talking. We haven't gotten there yet. I'm not gonna tell you. But then, in two weeks from then, so a month from now, is the next movie episode. In which the next episode in two weeks is where we're gonna reveal what movie we're gonna talk about in that episode. Uh Which Sarah doesn't know what movie we're gonna talk about yet because I've, I've. my goal for this is just to find shit you've never seen. Yeah. And vice versa. We can find shit I've never seen. We can we can do that every now and then. Yeah. Anyway, one of us hasn't seen it. But I figured we would start off with this one since we both seen it and like it. And today's Friday the 13th. Yeah. And I like that. And I don't remember most things I watch anyways. So every movie is a new movie for me. <laughs> every time <laughs> I watch it. We should uh, put that on a shirt. Every- All right. That's a weird inspirational quote. All right. Well, I don't know how to end the podcast. So bye, everybody. Bye. Voorhees. Voorhees for life. <laughs>